This is Al Rivera, lead designer of Star Trek Online, and you're listening to Priority One Podcast. You are now tuned to the Priority One Subspace Frequency, brought to you by Sayulita.com. Sayulita, Mexico is the closest thing to Planet Risa. Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 129 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online podcast. Recorded Thursday, May 23rd, 2013, live on trekradio.net and available for download on PriorityOnePodcast.com the following Monday. I'm Elijah. I'm James. And I'm Tony. All right. What do we have this week, guys? Well, in this episode of Priority One, there is plenty to cover in Stone News now that Legacy of Romulus has officially gone live on Holodeck, including Legacy of Romulus step blogs 20, 21, 22, and of course our experiences in game since Tuesday, or our experiences waiting to get in game. (laughs) And in this episode's field notes, Elijah interviews Mimey, guest blogger for Star Trek Online, who will review some of the basics of successfully starting a new fleet. Finally, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Captains, Priority One depends on the generous donation of listeners like you to help support all the content you find on the website, PriorityOnePodcast.com. Your donation directly helps us with server costs, web development, equipment, and travel expenses of covering live events throughout the United States and even the UK. Help us bring you more and more of the phenomenal content that you have come to expect from this organization. So please, help Priority One by visiting PriorityOnePodcast.com to submit your gift. Speaking of amazing content, we want to remind you that the PriorityOnePodcast.com offers more than just podcasts. We've got articles, blogs, and these all come from some of the most respected members of the Star Trek Online and greater scientific community, including our latest Dilithium Tracker uh, article from Sam on Maui. Make sure and check that out. It's pretty cool. It keeps you up on the latest stats. And if you haven't listened yet, in episode 128, we had the opportunity, nay, the honor of interviewing Denise Crosby. That was a lot of fun. What a classy lady. She is awesome. Best known for her role as Tasha Yar and Sila in Star Trek The Next Generation and reprising those roles right now in Star Trek Online's Legacy of Romulus. So be sure to visit www.PriorityOnePodcast.com and don't miss a beat. Captains, we have a very special announcement. Priority One is launching its very own fleet in Star Trek Online. Oh, that is right. Now you can explore strange new worlds and combat threats to the Federation with members of the Priority One crew. With the release of Legacy of Romulus, we thought that now would be a great time to offer listeners, new and old, a guided experience for building a fleet. We want to build a community of players eager to learn and to participate and to grow We'll have articles on the site chronicling our growth so that others can learn from our experiences, growing from the ground up. We'll run live events on our Twitch.tv channel for you to participate in, oh, and much, much more. 
In the next week or so, we'll be offering a link on the Priority One website with information on how you can join the fleet, as well as information to our open TeamSpeak server. Speaking of the website, have you visited PriorityOnePodcast.com recently? Have you? Well, Captains, if you go there, you'll notice Priority One has gotten a facelift. Thanks to the tireless efforts of our web developer, Lennon Rich, and our art director, Alex Calderwood, we've been able to offer our visitors a much sleeker design that is user-friendly and much better organized. So be sure to visit PriorityOnePodcast.com and share our links with your friends. And with that, why don't we uh, get ready to track it out? I don't know. Then let's track it out. Before we get into the pros and cons of the Star Trek discussion... (laughs) Oh, try the buffet. He'll be here all week. We wanted to give you a little factoid of information sent in from a listener. Listener Ben Weiss wrote in to tip us off to an interesting article on Space.com. We told you a couple of weeks ago about the current proposals to cut NASA's education outreach budget with our interview with Dr. Hurt from JPL. It seemed to me like a penny-wise but pound-foolish thing to do, especially given what it would really cost to have a serious manned exploration program of the cosmos. Hold on to your hats, kiddos. Anywhere from $1 to $130 trillion. That's right, trillion with a T. Now, just for comparison's sake, the entire U.S. economy is about $14 trillion. But the best way to bring those costs down and make us more productive is anyone? Anyone? Right. Innovation. Oh, oh, innovation? Well, I mean, bitcoins uh, would pay for innovation if you find somebody at the innovation store that takes bitcoins. Um, But what innovation boils down to is science education, the kind that NASA scientists can give to teachers and students. So uh, we'll have a link in our show notes to the article that uh, details about how you uh, pay for uh, exploring the universe. But uh, it's expensive, and we should start right now. Yeah, it's really sad to hear that of the budget cuts and of the sequester, one of the first things to go was science education. Now, you know what's interesting is that I'm, I, as a musician, as somebody who studied theater and studied music and studied the performing arts, typically one of the first things to go is music, is the music program. Uh, But I've had two passions in my life. It's science and it's music. And to hear that NASA's education program has been significantly cut uh, is really sad. You know, for me, as sad as hearing that a music program got cut in a high school or in a grammar school. You know, hopefully things will change. Hopefully things will turn around. And and you're right. If anything is going to foster growth, it's going to be innovation. And the only way to do that is to educate the youngins. Discover something that you think the rest of our listeners would enjoy hearing about? Then send it over to us via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Let's check out what happened in Stow News. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Captain's legacy of Romulus is live. That's right. The highly anticipated expansion for Star Trek Online hit servers on Tuesday, May 21st with very few hiccups, actually. For those of you listening who might be new to the game or to this podcast or even returning players and listeners, Legacy of Romulus brought a slew of new features to the game, including the ability to play as a Romulan and pick up the pieces after the Hobus destruction. You can fly Romulan ships, choose an alliance with the Klingons or the Federation. You can also experience new voiceover work from special guest Denise Crosby. And, of course, new additions like... 
the new adventure zones, and much, much more. For more information, you can head over to www.legacyofromulus.com to discover what you can look forward to in this expansion. Now, to my understanding, the servers didn't really crash. They were brought offline for a few hours periodically over the course of 72 hours, but all in all, it seemed like a pretty smooth transition. Tony, what do you think? The game itself didn't crash. I mean, the their servers. I think Cryptic, Perfect World, the entity itself was having troubles. The you know Neverwinter wasn't exactly the smoothest uh, launch either, and they were bringing the server down all the time. I think the authentication side, you know, the account side is what's been melting lately. Not the game, not the part where you shoot phasers and uh, march over maps. You know, the game itself functioned fine if you could Although get it. Although it was really, really slow. Moving stuff from, like, account bank to account bank was terrible. Network stuff. I mean, seriously, it's all, it, I mean... I think their infrastructure is groaning at this point. Their authentication servers and the stuff they're using to keep track of the backbone of your account, I think that's the stuff that really got hammered hard. Now, James, uh, now that you've had the opportunity of getting on uh, Holodeck and stuff, what have you been up to? Dude, I have been grinding my Rami like a madman. I'm level 36 already. I got my Super Moga. Super Super Moga. Um, love it. Super happy. Love the story on the Romulan side. I'm actually getting to where the the, the uh, episodes are starting to end, at least the, the new Romulan ones, and then I'll be kicking off into the old uh, featured episodes. I love it. It looks good. It sounds good. It plays good. Well, now that, that, that everything's kind of slowed down a bit, it plays good. I mean, the first couple of days, it took like five minutes to move anything from anywhere or do anything. And it's just terrible. But that's just everybody in the world trying to be on at once. Overall, I'm super happy. Well, Captains, now that Legacy of Romulus is officially live and you've had about a week or so to play it since the time it's launched to the time of this podcast's publication, what are your thoughts to the additions and the improvements to the game? Let us know in the comments section for this episode on PriorityOnePodcast.com or in our Star Trek Online forum post. Whoa, what is that? I'm picking something up on a low-band subspace frequency. Hey, it's lead designer Al Rivera from Cryptic Studios. What a pleasant surprise. Hello? Whoa! So, how's the atmosphere over at Cryptic after the launch of Legacy of Romulus? It's kind of surreal because I don't know what to do. (laughs) Because you're going so fast for so long and just putting out fires and doing meetings and just going and going and going. And then all of a sudden... Everybody stop. Don't touch anything, right? <laughs> don't, <laughs> because, <laughs> don't breathe. And then you, don't even and look I, at you it. Don't, you don't. Exactly. It's like tripwire on jello, right? And you just don't, don't touch it. It's sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody touches anything. You can't. You don't. It's, it's emergency fixes only. And then everything gets like triple checked by everybody. And then that goes in. And I just come in and I stare at the monitor and says, what the hell am I supposed to do now? And to, for a week, it was basically uh, bored. Didn't know what to do. Now, how was it over the weekend is kind of what I'm curious. Was it all hands on deck all weekend long? You know, did you No, guys... no. We were done Wednesday before we launched. I mean, it was a few emergency fixes or whatever. You know, I mean, you keep finding little bugs here and there. But we were pretty much on lockdown for almost two weeks ahead of time. But then Wednesday was like, okay, this is the final build candidate. So what was the big bug with people would get in and then it would like later would say server not responding, kick you out over and over and over. And I went through that one chunk of that for like 20 minutes one day, just trying to get back in and it would let me in and then kick me right back out. Did you guys ever figure out kind of what was doing that was, I mean, what was the deal? 
I have no idea. Once Wednesday came, I'm gone. I, it's all, that's, all, that's all IT and engineering. Screw you guys, you guys going home. You, <laughs> you, guys, you guys are just delirious in the office, huh? It's like one of those nights when you stay up too late and everything's really funny. You guys are just delirious yeah, like a bunch yeah. of drunken kittens. The guns are all shooting and the doffs are there. I'm done. This is somebody else's problem at that point. I'm, it, it, I'm it, really, it really is. I mean, once the developers are done, you know, the designers and everyone, the code's in and, and the data's in, our job is done. It's up to IT and the engineers to make it happen. So there was a large demand of people trying to get in. I couldn't tell you at all what technically was going on, but it's, it happens with a big yeah, launch. It, it so. was, uh, you guys are just too popular. <laughs> a tough problem to have. Yeah, go fix it. Was, it make it, it less popular. I tell you, it was it was like, harsh though. I could do. <laughs> it was like getting a lick of ice cream. It's like here's a little sample spoon. You taste, it, and you're like, this is good. And like, sorry, we closed the shop. Get out. <laughs> you're like, no, no, stop. Let me in. I, I saw your I saw your tweets that you took the day off to play and just couldn't play all. Oh, day. I was like, oh. I was losing you my know, mind. Yeah, I, I out of the whole day, I got four hours in. I mean, which isn't bad. Four hours is great. But I was literally like, I was getting ready to do some some titanium ass and like sit there for twelve hours straight. I felt bad because I didn't yeah. play myself all day, and I get home, and it said, yeah, you're number five of 500, and then it just popped me in, and I had no problem. Then I felt really bad. It says, should I even be playing? I should give my space up to somebody else. <laughs> so I just the played one, the The one space out, of 15,000. <laughs> you. Yeah. You're selfish it was pig. Me. You. <laughs> you naughty little lizard. I know. So now, when this kind of stuff, do you guys like pop open a, a bottle of champagne? Is it like a New Year's party there when things are done and it's a wrap or what? Everyone was just too tired. I don't know. We we had a little we had a little party. You guys got cool T-shirts. I saw that. We did get some really cool T-shirts. Those are real nice. I'll be wearing those to Vegas. So, all right. Since we have you, let's take advantage of this opportunity and ask some questions. All right, let's let's the... keep it quick. I, it's, this um, this is a crash, and I'm not even authorized. All right, all right, all right. All right, you know what? Uh, I mean, I was going to ask about the lockboxes, and I was going to say how cool those ships are. That's what I was really going to say. That's all I really wanted to say. Yeah, they are. They are, they are pretty cool. If anybody's out there and follows the countdown comics for the, the first series, not the second one for the new movie, but for the last Star Trek original first JJ movie. Uh, yeah, the countdown comics were at the vault, which is where we had the vault in our game. That all happens in the prime universe. And uh, the Romulans are messing with board technology in there, and that's how Nero gets his ship. So that was kind of an inspiration for us to use. It's not the same ship, obviously. but So that's where these ships came from. And that's where a lot of the rumors started when a long time ago where the lockbox would be a Romulan ship. And it's like, well, not really. They're not Romulan ships. I mean, they don't have singularity drives. and They're completely different. They just have maybe a skeleton of a Romulan ship behind there. They're fun and, and nasty. I hope people like them. It was really cool that you brought in the scatter missile from the JJ movie. That 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 was really cool. Yeah, the cluster missiles. Those are pretty nasty. They <laughs> they they are. Yeah. Uh, they 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 work a little different because it suits a finite number of missiles. So if it hits one target, it puts a lot of damage to one target. But if you hit multiple targets, it's pretty random on who they'll hit. They also have fifty percent shield penetration. So they're pretty they're pretty nasty. Ouch. That was uh, yeah. That was made by Jeremy Randall made that one. So by him, uh, that was that's mm. that's, that's worse than transphasics. Yeah, they are. They yeah. are worse than, than transphasics. Yeah, yeah, but it's a specialty thing. You know, you can't put it on high yield. It's a you know, it's device, and you can only can fire it every oh, three no. minutes or something, right? It's not a regular weapon. Great job on the Denise Crosby interview. That was a real joy to listen to. I, I really liked her story oh, that she opened up about the uh, disabled guy that came to see her and stuff. That was a nice, touching story of hers. So genuine, so passionate. It was a real honor having the opportunity of speaking with her. 
I couldn't have been more pleased to have the opportunity to work with her. So, you know, we're looking to try to get more folks from the shows into the game. And I, She that, went out yeah. of her way to tell people what a good time she had working with you guys, really. I mean, two or three times during the interview, she mentioned how easy it was to work with you guys and how you guys were so open to let them have input into the characters and stuff. I mean, she's your best advertisement for getting some more of these folks to come on. Yeah, well... Well, hope so. That's that's great. I mean, it was it was really <laughs> surreal. I mean, just just to have her over and how personable and just how down to earth she was to just like because at first I'm completely starstruck and I'm like ah da 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 and I'm like and, I, and then but but she's completely so warm and personable. It was it was just real joy and just a real treat. So um, and she really enjoyed it. I think she really enjoyed being able to even have input because I, I don't think she got to have a lot of input oh, yeah. on her characters before. And, and you know, we really wanted her to have input and we wanted her to be excited about it. And she was she loved that. She loved that. I'm seeing that a lot of the beginning episodes, you know, you got Worf talking a lot in those Klingon initial missions. Is that an you know indication that maybe Michael Dorn might be coming on? We have nothing worked out with any other stars at this point. I would very, very much like to have Michael Dorn. I mean, my, my big guys that I would love to have in the show would be Michael Dorn. I think would be a great addition because it works for almost any of the factions. I mean, it worked for Fed or Klingon. And I'd love to have Riker. And I'd love to have George Takei because he's just so, so huge on the Internet right now in, in social media. And my personal favorite would be, be to get Patrick Stewart, but I just don't even think we could touch him afford him, especially I don't even know if he's at it, what country he's in at any given time. But probably my number one choice, uh, I think, for the game would be Michael Dorn. But we'll see who we can get, and it's really hard to work out those contracts. It's just lawyers get involved, and it gets really ugly. But we're reaching out to them, and uh, I think you can look forward to seeing other celebrities soon. Awesome. Well, soon Al, TM. thank you so much for um, for crashing our little party here. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Sure, no problem. I, I know you guys are always recording at Thursday, but I never get to listen to you guys live because I'm just way too busy, but I'm just taking it easy right now, relaxing, so I figured I'd stop by and say hi. So uh, I hear birds yeah. twittering in the background. Yeah, you're it's really, noisy. You're, yeah, yeah, you got no no you got you're in a Hawaiian shirt, aren't you? Right now. You're in a Hawaiian <laughs> yeah, shirt and yeah, and and flip flops right now. Yes, yeah, on my laptop on Ventrilo on Bora Bora, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, Thank you very much. Keep up the great work. We'll talk to you real soon. All right, take care, Al. Cool, Go relax. Have a good one. Al, get off my bridge. Get out of my vent. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And why don't we hit on uh, Legacy of Romulus, Dev Blog number 20. We talk a little bit about the Romulan expansion. It's easy to forget about our Klingon brothers. Now, in our supplemental episode published on May 3rd with Al Rivera, uh, he discussed what we could expect from a new Klingon tutorial and content. In uh, Legacy of Romulus Debug number 20, content designer uh, Matt Miller gives us more details about the developments to the Klingon story and faction. The first sentence of the blog says it all. Complete with a brand new tutorial and brand new missions. Klingons now have a full leveling progression. Starting the game at level 1 and playing episodes, missions, and events all the way to level 50. We now have a full cross-faction, okay boys and girls? Elijah, you've been playing with your Klingon, right? I, I, I see you on there all the time. I see you playing. I see your character running around. And What are you doing? Yeah, actually, I'm probably the only player in this game that, instead of leveling a new Romulan, is taking his Klingon character through the new missions and stories. And i got to say, I'm really enjoying it. You know, I've been itching for some new missions to play, and I've been getting, honestly, I've been getting a little bored with my Federation character, and I seldom 
seldom showed love to Melknezer, my Klingon tune. But now I'm getting in game and, and I have a new purpose to, to discover myself as a Klingon warrior. And as Matt Miller mentions in his blog, they've added new missions from level 1 to 25 that at least start with you uncovering some coup within the Empire. Now, I haven't progressed very far uh, yet, but I was really excited about the Ruapenthe mission. The ending cinematic of that one mission is really fun. It's, it's very true, true to the Klingon spirit. So, uh, so, Warriors, I encourage you to check out the new missions on the Klingon side. Kapla! In Legacy of Romulus, dev blog number 21 and 22, we are introduced to the new Tal Shiar lockbox, which includes two separate variants of the Tal Shiar adapted starships. According to the blog, Hakiv is the embodiment of the effort to exploit Borg technology, from replacing his eye to upgrading his own ship with a salvaged Borg tech. He and the Tal Shiar will stop at nothing to gain dominance in the sector. Including replacing his body parts, which is just creepy. Ugh. Now, this is a pretty hefty lockbox with plenty of rewards. Unfortunately, we won't be able to go through each of them with you here on the radio. But uh, you should be sure to go visit the dev blogs and read up on what you could win from them. Links will be in the show notes. Some of your fellow players are already uh, generously offering them up on the exchange for reasonable prices. And, uh, <laughs> Low hundreds of millions of energy credits uh, range that I just went to go check before we started uh, recording. Oh, oh, oh my god! I thought seventy million for the uh, for the Cardassian thing was expensive, or a hundred million for the Tuffley was a little out of uh, out of out of pocket. But wow! As far as paying for the chance to win, as far as the, the lock boxes, here's how I, I approach that. And I was talking to Tony about this earlier before we started recording. I, I treat it like gambling in a casino. I, I take $10 or whatever I decide it's it's worth trying for. So if I want that destroyer, because I think it's wicked cool looking, I take $10 and I say, $10, that's it. I buy 10 keys. I open 10 different lockboxes. If I don't get it within one of those 10, that's it. I'm done. What are you liking out of this, Elijah? Do you have anything you got your eye on? I'm a fan of those Borg-adapted ships. I think it's a really nice nod to the movie. Whether you like it or not, it's still Prime Universe that led up to the whole JJ series. You get a really good grasp of this in the countdown to Star Trek, the 2009 series comic books that came out from IDW. You know, you find out about this this little mining ship that was outfitted with Borg technology, the Narada, and how it progressed and how it got to that point. And I like it. And my favorite thing is the shrapnel torpedo launcher console on these ships. You know, I, I like that they found a way to include the JJ-verse into the game. And, you know, the Narada tow up some ships in the JJ Trek in 2009. So I'm excited to see some Trek no babble explanations on them and, and it incorporated into the new universe, into Star Trek Online. Uh, and I look forward to seeing some amazing machinima projects with these consoles. Yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. I was going to say, I think Dan Stahl said the best in our interview with him when he said he was cleaning up after the mess that JJ made. And and there's another piece that they haven't used yet from those comics that they could also cash in on, which was the uh, the mini scimitars that the Remans had in the Countdown comics. They flew up in these like smaller versions of scimitars that were more size equivalent to the Sovereign when Captain Data was there. So here's my one thing about this lockbox article and blog that I that I found interesting and it, and in the blog it writes although not directly included with the Talshiar lockbox we'd like to take the opportunity to also announce the inclusion of the mirror universe Hafe assault warbird and the mirror Hanom guardian warbird which can be obtained by Romulan captains that open the Dominion lockbox and the Temporal lockbox respectively 
So here's what I'm understanding from this blog is that the Dominion lockbox and the Temporal lockbox no longer drop. So the only way that you can get your hands on one of these lockboxes is to go on the exchange and purchase them, right? So there's that first paywall, right? You got to pay and cough up your EC for it. Then you've got to pay for the unlock key. So I don't know. I, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of that. You know, if the the older the older boxes are no longer being dropped. So now you got to purchase it twice. Now you got to spend money twice. There's going to come a point where there aren't going to be very many on the exchange, or and the ones that are left are going to be some astronomical amount of money uh, to try to get. So I don't know. I don't know that I. I don't know that I like this move. I guess when there's a rerun, that's cool, you know, and then you have the opportunity. But I. I don't know. It doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't sit very well with me. All right, we're being. Hold on. We have to. We have a guest. Uh oh. Hi. Hello, guest. You make me come on here. I got. I gotta. I gotta straighten things. Out. That can't be. It can't be him. I he left. I saw him get on a jet plane and give everyone the finger. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm packing. I'm packing over here and listening to this nonsense. Elijah, you're killing me. <laughs> I tried to calm him down. I tried to calm down. I know you did. You did your best. You did your you best with the bad I situation, but <laughs> I did my best. Listen, so so you've got lock boxes out there. There's I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of them floating around. We just had a replay uh, a lock box, you know, redrop week or whatever so the other drop boxes were dropping so there's all these packs out there that give you there's a cruiser pack there's a there's an escort pack and there's a science vessel mirror pack that's out there and if a Romulan were to buy you know from the exchange a mirror uh, science pack he couldn't open it if we didn't put a ship in there so you know you're welcome <laughs> we just put a ship in okay, there. Right. <laughs> so that way, so, you know, it's not like we're saying you have to buy it twice. It's just like we didn't want to break those packs. I mean, the fact is, is that okay. currently the temporal pack doesn't have a Romulan ship in it yet. So if the Romulan buys the pack that has the uh, temporal ship in it, they won't be able to open it. But if you get one, hold on to it because we will be putting a Romulan ship in there. You'll be able to open it and you'll get a Romulan temporal ship for that. We just couldn't make that one in time. But we had to backfill those faction-specific reward packs. So there you go. We need to get you to listen to the show more often so that if I ever go off on a rant like that, you can just come on and slap me around a little bit. That's cool. <laughs> I, I do. Sometimes I take notes, but I forget to bring them up because cause I get... Is it another back. segment A cryptic developer agrees with Tony and a cryptic developer slaps Elijah? Should be That should be another <laughs> regular segment of our show. Whatever happened to the thousand-day ship? Wasn't there talk about that a while back? Yes, it's coming. After he gets back from vacation... I know. <laughs> Al Rivera, everybody. Hey, everybody. Play, play him <laughs> off, Johnny. Play him off. Captains, if you haven't played Star Trek Online's featured episodes yet, then you're in for a real treat. From May 23rd to June 21st, the featured episodes are once again offering their special rewards for completion. So don't miss out on the Ophidian Kane, or your Riemann Bridge Officer, your Shard of Possibilities, or your Breen Bridge Officer. Need to find out more about the featured episodes? Then check out the featured episode guide on the Star Trek Online website. Links, of course, will be in our show notes. Well, that wraps up Stone News. Get your pen and pad out because we're about to give you our field notes with special guest Mimey, guest blogger for Star Trek Online. I'm sure there is an answer. Well, better get some facts. Joining me for this episode of Priority One's Field Notes is Mimey, guest blog writer for the EPO Tagging Guide published on StarTrekOnline.com on January 8th, 2013. Links, of course, to that article will be in the show notes. 
Now, with the launch of the Star Trek expansion, Legacy of Romulus, Priority One wants to help guide incoming players on the creation of new fleets and fleet progression. In order to do this, we've decided to start from scratch. Oh, that's right. Priority One Fleet will soon be opening its doors to new and existing players. Our goal is to chronicle the progression while building a strong community of Priority One listeners. To help usher in the new fleet, we've asked Mimi to help us give his insight and guide to fleet progression. An abridged version, of course. Mimi is not only the writer of the EPO Tagging Guide guest blog, but also a PvP bootcamp coach and one of the fleet leaders of the Sentinels of Freedom on the Confederation side and the Sentinels of War for our Klingon warriors. Miami, thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's uh, good to be here on uh, Priority One. Now, you've recently written a very amazing forum post introducing a guide to fleet progression on the Star Trek Online forums, and it's been very well received. Now, we want to ask you to help us. Help us, Priority One Fleet, start smart. Where does it all begin? Well, Elijah, in order to begin making a fleet, you need to get yourself and four other people on a team, be it uh, for either Federation players or Klingon players or, in the near future, Romulan players. These five people need to go to their respective hub, uh, be that Earth Space Dot, Kronos, or uh, New Romulus Command on New Romulus. And you need to go to the fleet ambassador there. Once you're there, you need to talk to them, and it will lead you through the setup of beginning a fleet, getting a name, and so on and so forth. And then the four people with you, along with yourself, will be the five founding members. And from there, the fleet can be adjusted accordingly, including inviting people, having people leave, and so on. All right, now that we have a fleet started, let's go ahead and begin with what it takes to start off right. Well, Elijah, now that you've begun your fleet, you need to look at... A very important fact about the fleet progression. It is designed around a 25-man group, and by that it means 25 actual players, not the people who are coming and going from the game, not extra characters you might make, but actual 25 fairly consistently playing players. And also what is just as important is that the fleet progression is a very long-term project. You can't look at it in the terms of days or weeks. It is definitely a month-by-month thing. Alright, so now understanding that it really takes 25 people, it's really designed for 25 people, active people, to help progressively, and understanding that this is a long-term project and nothing that can be done in, in days or weeks, where does one begin? Well, one begins with your fleet mates. If you're starting from zero, you need to decide Starbase or Embassy first. And once that's decided through whatever means you so choose, you need to look at what area first. In which case, for the Starbase, you choose Science, Tactical, or Engineering. Or for the Embassy, you choose Diplomacy or Recruitment. Or other possible areas in the future. I don't know what may be added. We don't know. Now, where do you recommend starting? My personal recommendation, if you're starting out, is look at getting Tier 1 Science first for a couple of particular reasons. The first reason being that it will unlock the Comrade, and when that is done, it will unlock the Transwarp Conduit, which, in turn, when that is finished, will allow all fleet members to transwarp to the fleet starbase from anywhere in sector space or system space. 
which is a very nice convenience if you're ever trying to get from the from somewhere else to the starbase. Plus, on top of all that, getting the starbase itself to tier one is very useful if you ever choose to do some of the PVE missions in space that require your starbase, as a tier one starbase will actively defend itself with weapons and also have shields and such in order to defend itself with. Now, when you say tier one, you don't just mean tier one science, but tier one all the way around, tactical, engineering, and science. Uh, no, I mean tier one starbase itself, which that particular upgrade will be unlocked once you finish tier one in one area, be it science or engineering or tactical. Okay. Now, after, after we get Tier 1 Science, do you typically spread everything out evenly, or do you focus just on one specialty at a time? From what I have seen, it is generally better to focus on one specialty at a time in order to stagger them. What a lot of people did back when the Starbase system first came out was that they kept everything even, and in turn, they got all of their upgrades ready at once, which means they were locked out of missions. That's something important to keep in mind. When you hit a tier upgrade, you are locked out of missions for that area until the upgrade is finished. Ah, okay. Noted. Noted. Here's something as well on top of all that. If you're looking at the Starbase, it's very useful on top of all this to get a certain area of the Starbase to tier 2 because this will allow you to buy common duty officers from a vendor on the Starbase, which, if you're willing to spend fleet credits, can be extremely effective at filling up projects, particularly at the higher tiers. What about the special event fleet projects? The various featured projects, such as opening the shutters on the Starbase, or adding guards to the embassy, and so on and so on, do those only if you can afford them. If your fleet is strapped for dilithium, especially if you have like a big upgrade slotted, don't worry about them. They're not important. All right, now in terms of the, the cost of the projects, there's a point there that you talk about splitting the cost of projects. Talk to us a little bit about that. Okay, splitting a cost of a project, which I go into more in the guide itself, refers to Looking at a project, particularly in things that cost a lot of uh, energy credits, and saying to yourself, okay, I can't handle this part by myself, but if I have member A, B, and C help me out, we can look at it and split it apart. Let's say a project needed 10,000 stimbolts, or self-sealing stimbolts, you know. So it needs 10,000, and that's not a cheap cost. So you may look and say, I can't afford that many, but if I have others helping me, we can look at it and split this cost up, and it will be much more manageable. And the more people that are willing to do that, the smaller the cost will be per person. Similar ideas can apply for other things, such as a large dilithium cost. If players A, B, C, D, and E all say, this project needs a one million dilithium, and they each say, okay, I'll donate 200000 each. Boom, there you go, taken care of, because it was split among several people. And again, the more hands, the less 
burden each person has. Speaking of dilithium on that note, dilithium can only ever be gotten in limited quantities. Now you can get dilithium on multiple characters of course, but you can still only gather so much a day because of the cap. Now keep that in mind when you're doing things because dilithium is also very needed in other things such as buying reputation gear, or even buying fleet gear, and so on and so forth. So, dilithium is oftentimes a very big hit on many fleets because people aren't willing to donate the dilithium. So unless you have a lot of zen that you're willing to turn into dilithium, it's always going to be a very limited commodity. Now, speaking of resources, what about provisioning? Well, if you're just starting out, especially if you have a very small fleet, try and provision only as necessary. If you do not need something, do not worry about provisioning it yet, because provision missions are oftentimes much more expensive relative to what they give, again, especially at higher tiers. If you have people who want something badly, for example, let's say your fleet mates are wanting lots of fleet ships, then slot a couple of missions, but try and keep it limited because they can be quite pricey otherwise. Actually, one, another resource that's needed in fleet progression are doffs. What can you tell us about doffing? Doing duty officer related things, commonly referred to as doffing, can be a tremendous help when related to the starbase because doing duty officer missions will get you commendation experience. That alone, at a high enough point, can be turned into fleet marks, which can then be donated to the fleet. But doffing can also gain you commodities, dilithium, things like contraband, other duty officers, and EC. While it may not fully pay for a starbase, doffing can be a tremendous help in many regards to helping to build it. Alright, we're getting to the end of, the, of this very abridged guide. We recommend that you visit Star Trek Online forums to uh, Mimey's post. You'll have, of course, links in the show notes. Let's talk about the takeaways. What should fleets really start to remember while progressing in the starbase creation? Well, as you go along, it's very good to keep in mind that try not to go beyond what your fleet can handle. If your fleet can only handle at a decent rate, filling up just one project at a time, then only try and slot just one project at a time. If you have enough people to handle two or even all three normal projects, go ahead and slot all three, but just don't stretch yourselves too thin. On a similar note, try and go for what your fleet is best at getting. If they are really, really good at getting dilithium and don't mind donating it, then go ahead and slot projects that require dilithium if it's not a problem. But if they do have problems donating dilithium or you don't seem to gain it in large amounts, try and avoid too many projects that cost dilithium. Instead, look at projects that are more duty officer heavy and such like that. Alright Captains, we want to remind you that this is just the tip of the iceberg on a full guide that Mimi has written over on the Star Trek Online forums. We'll of course have links in the show notes for you to read his entire guide. Mimi, we want to thank you so very much for spending your afternoon with us here and offering your insights on the best way to progress a fleet. And it's been great being here. Thank you for inviting me. And I hope to come on again sometime. Don't forget, you can catch Mimi not only on the forums, but uh, coaching you in PvP at the PvP Boot Camp. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. 
email coming in to us from PriorityOnePodcast.com. We hear from Michael Sawyer. Just when I think I could not possibly love Denise Moore. Awesome interview. Oh, we agree. Totally agree. And our next one comes in from Beyond All Percents, who says, Awesome! Denise, much like other Trek women, is incredible. Yes, she is. She truly, truly is. I cannot wait to see her in Vegas. I really can't. And hopefully we get to spend a little bit of time with her in person. But uh, yes, she is totally incredible. We also hear from Yuchin, brave of cryptic, reminding people of the bad Trek movies with the Remans and the Regent class. And now they're taking on Nimbus, planning on introducing the Scimitar. Yes, I agree with you, you Chan. They are. They, but let me just tell you, that's how much they love Star Trek. They even love the bad stuff. He also asks, can you put the classic Talis skin on the fleet Tavaro? I think the answer to that is no. I'm channeling the uh, the, the, the cryptic developers here. Uh, Eight Ball says no. I, I'm thinking that they're going to keep that classic Romulan Junker skin at the T1. Just like the T1 Connie or, you know, that, all that argument goes on. They're going to keep that uh, old Romulan Junker firmly stuck at Tier 1, I'm pretty sure. And remember, remember, yes, it's brave to take on the things that weren't in the great movies, but that doesn't make those things necessarily bad. And that's what they're going to do is take something that came from maybe a not so great story and turn it into something great like Nimbus, because I was running Nimbus all this all this morning and it was great. It was fun. You know what they're missing? What? They're missing the cool phasers from Star Trek V. Yes. Yeah. The cool blue ones. Yeah. Oh, yes. We need those. Do we need those? All right. Tawani writes in, Honestly, I love the Romulans. Heck, I used to play them exclusively back in the customizable card game days when Decipher ran it. But after playing around with them, I just can't come to the thought of grinding out a new endgame tune for Star Trek Online. I've spent two years getting my fed where he is. Just the thought of having to grind out the rep again gives me a migraine. Oh, well. I'll keep enjoying my fed tune, but secretly always have a Romulan heart. I just want to say and express that I feel you, Tawani. I'm that kind of an MMO person, too. It's really hard for me to just start a tune from scratch and then redo that grind over and over again. While some people, it's very easy. You know, they'll do it over and over. They'll do it ten times over. But I definitely want to do it at least one for each, each faction. So now that the Klingons have been ironed out and fleshed out, I'm going to be doing it on the Klingons, and I'm going to have something to look forward to with the Romulans. So, yeah, yeah, I feel you. We actually have somebody in the chat room that actually makes a very good point. This uh, this gentleman by the name of Captain Gecko, he writes, you don't have to grind to play Romulan. Just play the content and then go back to your main. And that's a really good point. You know, there's so much great content, so much great story. You know, don't worry about then the, the, the reputation system. Don't worry about having to grind up in, in STFs. Just play the content. You know, level yourself up for the content and maybe one day you'll get inspired to do the rep points. I understand. I mean, I, I have that feeling too, but, it, but you know, whereas my Fed took two years like you're saying my feds is tricked out as tricked out can be which is kind of why i'm looking forward to rami because it gives me something new to do the only thing i really have new to do now for my fed is get the tip top new warp core of course and then the new solian reputation i've done everything else with my fed so that's kind of what's nice is to kind of set him aside for a minute and just go do all that again with a rami and get my rami as tip top as my fed guy so that i have two of them at that level on on both sides of the fence so and we hear from Santa Skyrat, another great ep, guys, and nice to have you all here. Cannot wait for Legacy of Romulus to go live, as I can't bring myself to play Holodeck at the moment. I, I agree totally. There was a time there when you didn't want to log into Holodeck anymore because the new fancies were all over on Tribble. Exactly. Uh, he goes on to say, most importantly, thanks for a great interview with the beautiful, talented, and caring Denise Crosby. was lovely hearing her share the stories. And finally, he says, wow, you updated the site. This is amazing. And 
Yes. Applause, a round of applause for uh, Lennon Rich, our web guy. Well and, done, Lennon. And to Alex Calderwood, who helped him with art. You know, those two really worked hard at making this website happen. It's a gorgeous site. So, yeah, head on over to Priority on Podcast.com and, and, and explore. And Jolinar writes, regarding the Romulan console sets, I'll be taking an offensive slash defensive stance. Fleet, Delon with five tag consoles and the defensive stuff, and it's Reef it comes with most likely. All right, well, Sean Newboy came in with a nice piece of feedback saying, awesome interview of Miss Crosby, great show in general. Everyone, thank you, sir. It's always a pleasure. We love that you ride in all the time. Thank you. We hear from Rob Ippolito. Great interview with Denise Crosby, and thank you very much for the shout-out. Made my week knowing you said my name to a cast member of Star Trek. You know, I want to comment on this a little bit because, you know, Rob had uh, has been following us on Facebook, and he, you know, he commented when we posted that we had Denise Crosby and to submit your questions. And, you know, it's this kind of interaction that I really want to uh, see happening with the Priority One fleet. You know, I want you guys to, those of you that become members of the fleet, to really feel a part of it, feel a part of the show. You know, we'll, we'll jump on Twitch.tv and we'll go live. You can jump on our, our TeamSpeak channel and participate with us and be live on the air with us when we do those little events like that you know it's little things like this uh, i really want to push with the new fleet well we got an email from chris mike and dave from across the pond it was it was a rather lengthy email but i'm going to summarize it here uh, they basically took wednesday off uh after the patch just like you did james but they uh, they were able to log in play a couple hours then they got kicked when the server started to melt down again uh they slept a few hours got up Met for breakfast at McDonald's just in time for the server to go down again. Then he sends a legit bit of cockney slang here. I could not Adam and Eve it, which apparently means I couldn't believe it uh, if you're in a particular part of England. But uh, when they wrote in the email, they had just finished cleaning Dave's house, and they were still waiting to get in. But Chris sends his thanks to Brandflakes for sticking to the Twitters, keeping everybody informed about the, uh, the server outages and the emergency patches and stuff like that. And Dave would like to thank Cryptic for all the server problems because he got his house cleaned by his friends while they were waiting. Cryptic has done a public service uh, for Dave by bringing the servers down. He got a clean house from it. Way to go, guys. We had several new followers on Twitter. It's so awesome to see so many more people following us on our social media networks. So our shout-outs to all the new followers. Thanks, guys, for jumping on. Captain Gecko replied to our tweet teasing to the, the Denise Crosby interview, and he said, I can't wait. All right, and incoming is from Elkinar, Jolon True. Back in episode 90, you featured my subscription benefits breakdown guide. Link will be in our show notes again. I decided to rewrite it for Legacy of Romulus and to cover the recent changes to veteran rewards and to coincide with the current lifetime sale. Lifetime subscriptions are worth more than ever. I've also included a new section on subscribing for a single month to gain retroactive benefits. Hopefully there are a lot of new players checking out the game and this guide will help them decide how to best spend their money. I hope Denise is the first of many stars to voice over Star Trek Online. Captains, as always, we want to encourage you to reach out to us. Let us know what you think. Hey, answer our questions that we post to you in Star Trek Online News Recap or reply to the episode in total. Tell us what you think of the show. You can reach out to us via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Well, it's time to say goodbye to episode 129, boys and girls. Broadcast live on TrekRadio.net. Remember, we are on the air every Thursday night at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. Having a live audience is just so much fun. We love you guys. And you never know what's going to happen or who might jump in like 
Al Rivera. Titanium ass himself. On his way to get on a jet plane. Don't forget, Captains, the Priority One Network is always looking for new team members that have a passion for Star Trek. If you have a particular skill that you believe could enhance our content, then reach out to us via email at incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. As you know, Captains, we love hearing from you, our listeners, our bread and butter, the reason that we do this week after week. If you have a suggestion, idea, or topic for our Trek It Out or Field Notes segment, or you have feedback for the show, you can reach us via our online form on the Priority One website, or via email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com, or you can catch us on Facebook or Twitter. That's right, you can get up-to-the-minute news from Priority One Podcast by visiting our social media website. Head on over to Facebook.com slash Priority One Podcast and give us a like, or check us out on Twitter at Priority One for showtimes and other cool stuff. Priority One is brought to you by the generous donations from, well, you. Please visit PriorityOnePodcast.com to find out how you can help support the show. Look for our big donation button on our fancy brand new website and help us out. A very special thanks to this week's guest, Mimey. Thank you for your insights on building a fleet. Thanks to the entire team over at PriorityOnePodcast.com, our art director, Alex Calderwood, our audio engineer and web developer, Lennon Rich. Justin Lowmaster, our audio assistant, and the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Special thanks to our sponsor, Sayulita.com, our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio, and of course, the Star Trek online community. Without you, none of this would be possible. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. Engage. say one thing okay why why when they're in the admiral's office why didn't kirk look at all the models on the desk right you saw the nx01 you said you went looking for easter eggs i saw it on your twitter right at the end of that line of models what was there what was on the desk? The Vengeance. The big bad guy secret spaceship. That's right. The big black starship. And so at, at some point, Kirk didn't look down that line and go, hey, what's the big black one on the end? I've never seen that before. <laughs> I thought I had the newest ship. Hey, hey wait a minute. Right? Because that's what I would do. That looks bigger if, than mine. If I'm a captain in Starfleet and I have the fanciest, newest, best ship, right? The big Enterprise, the flagship. I'm like, hey, I'm big fish. And all of a sudden, I look down a model line and see some big black thing and go, hey. What's that? You know, just maybe for a minute I might do that. That's all I'm saying. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Maybe it's stupid for the Admiral to keep a model of his secret ship on his desk out in the open in the middle of Starfleet headquarters. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All right? We can move on. Well, come on now. No, come on now. Say it's, a, it's a Section 31 official model. You know, they get they hand it out to, you know, all of the, all of the masterminds. All of the masterminds of their grand plan. <laughs> exactly. Are we doing T-shirts? No, we're not doing T-shirts. Oh, come on! I want T-shirts. Here, have a model. <laughs> oh, okay, model better. I put it on my desk. <laughs> what? <the> <laughs> That's so secretive.
Oh my god, I forgot the closing song. Man. Me too. Give me a second. I'll load her. It up now. If you weren't the boss, we'd fire you. Me too. I heard you can save hundreds of dollars by switching your car insurance, Captain Gecko. What? <laughs> what? I'm sorry, I thought you were going to make a joke about your own voiceover work that you're doing right now because you kept you kept tripping on your tongue. I thought you were going to make a joke and you threw me <laughs> off. <laughs> sorry. You you can experience voiceover work from Elijah <laughs> who can't do it right now. <laughs> All right. I'll get off my bridge. Get out of my vent. I'm kidding. I'm kidding.